This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Keep all your entertainment options centered with Xfinity X1. Access live TV, Netflix, and now Hulu and Peacock. Ah, streaming zen. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today. Restrictions apply. Netflix, Hulu, and Peacock memberships required. This is the Cubs-related podcast presented by CubsInsider.com. My name is Corey. I am joined, as always, by Brendan. And we have a special guest today. He is the editor-in-chief of the aforementioned CubsInsider.com, a frequent guest of the podcast and obviously a friend of the show uh, with the likes of Pedro Strope and others. It is Evan Altman. Evan, thank you for joining us as always. Not a problem. Glad to be uh, glad to be back. I, I feel like uh, it's been a, a longer reprieve than usual. So um, I, I know ratings have been dipping, and so you guys had to. That's the only reason why you're back on. Honestly, you know, people can't stand listening to Corey this often. So you know, and that's why Evan comes on, boost up their ratings, give the people what they want. Break break glass in <laughs> case of bad ratings, and it's just a it's just a picture <laughs> of Evan. But. So here we are, folks. It is uh, December 30th as we are recording this. You are probably listening to this on New Year's Eve, Monday. And that's it for 2018. We've been talking about the 2018 Cubs uh, an awful lot. And now it is officially time to turn the calendar and focus on the 2019 Cubs. So we will uh, give one last look back at what was the year in baseball for the Chicago Cubs in 2018, talk about some of our favorite moments, uh, etc. Maybe look ahead to 2019 and some some New Year's resolutions as they may relate to the Cubs. Uh, and we'll get Evan's thoughts on the off season, perhaps. I know we've talked about that a lot, and I think since we last spoke, very little, if anything, has happened in the world of baseball. But always nice to hear from somebody that isn't Brendan or I, and and what they're thinking about what the Cubs are doing. But I think where we have to start, boys, is uh, we are all, I, I think, very tired. Uh, I, I didn't get much sleep as we are just getting home. Uh, I, I assume you guys are as well, different flights, uh, from Anthony Rizzo's wedding down in Florida. He was uh, nice enough to invite the three of us, obviously of his, favorite, his favorite blog, CubsInsider.com. And it was uh, a great time. And any of the information I have from it is from personal experience and definitely not from me sitting on Instagram uh, watching the various stories from the spouses and significant others of players on the Chicago Cubs. So that's definitely not how I spent my Saturday night. Uh, But jokes aside, Anthony Rizzo is married, so anybody who was uh, hoping to be the future... Mrs. Rizzo. Um, unfortunately, 
that is no longer on the table. He and his beautiful bride, Emily, married last night in Florida, and it looked like a good time, guys. We got uh, shirtless Travis Wood. Dexter Fowler was there palling around with the old guys. I saw some pictures of just Dexter uh, and his wife and Jed Hoyer and his wife. Something about that dynamic I just find uh, rather (laughs) amusing. Chris Bryant, of course, was there. And I think... Matt Caesar was there, mm-hmm. yes, yep. and uh, amongst others. And I think perhaps the most interesting dynamic of it all was that this is all happening on Theo Epstein's birthday. So quite the celebration as it, as it, as it is for the Chicago Cubs uh, at this wedding. It is Anthony Rizzo's wedding, the captain, and uh, the president's birthday all in the same evening. But uh, I don't know any any thoughts from you guys. I know you guys were watching some of those those videos and clips, but uh, I guess any any analysis you guys can give on Anthony Rizzo now as a married first baseman. Well, be, before before I forget here, I just want to point out I, I kind of miss Travis Wood. I I know that's odd to say given all the you know not smack I talked about him, but. Like, I, I kind of miss Travis Wood. I think seeing the shirtless Travis Wood out there brings back the memories. And I don't know, Evan, I kind of miss him. Yeah, I, I mean, it's I think all those guys like Caesar and, and Wood and Dexter Fowler, like it, it sort of brings back. And, and you know, I'm I'm trying to think it, it's almost it, it feels sort of like. Just think about your, well, you know, if you've been to a buddy's wedding, right? Or I think about my own wedding and, and you have kind of this reprieve from normal life for a little while and you get all your buddies back, whether it's from high school or college or a mix of both. And you sort of have this time where it's like, oh man, remember the good old days and you, you swap old stories and you drink too much and you party <laughs> yeah. and it's awesome. And then it's like, crap, now we got to go back to like real life and and it does, but but I mean, think about that Cubs team from 2015, 2016, and then compare that to the last two years, and think about how much fun it was for those. And now, now think about like think about like Dexter Fowler going back to San Louis. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't like he's got to go back to that and deal with that <laughs> crap. Or you know, but even even Cubs fans, right, are like, oh, this team, they they suck. They're not they're not trying, and they don't they don't try as hard anymore. They're not fun. Um, and, and it's sort of like for these guys, they sort of get to relive all that. And, and it's kind of like 2016 all over again. I feel as if Rizzo probably invited like all of his teammates from 2015 and on. I think even John Jay was there. I know one of our followers tweeted that, but I couldn't yep. tell. Uh, but I think what, maybe at least 10 players, maybe more, including well, Theo and Jed. Yeah, I mean, some of this is a bit of detective work, right? You, They're not always, I think today a little bit more, but I think while it's going on, sometimes they're a little protective of exactly what's going on. So I believe John Jay was there unless he was also wearing uh, like a, a formal outfit with Albert Almora, but attending a separate event. So I'm assuming that the latter was not the case and that he was also just at the wedding. But I we don't have any like pictures of him with Rizzo. So you kind of have to uh, piece it together. But there was a moment there because I think it was Dexter Fowler who posted a, a picture of Hinsky, Rizzo, Fowler, and David Ross golfing from maybe the day before the wedding. And you, Brendan, were 
wondering where is Chris Bryant? You know, should I be concerned that Chris Bryant isn't in this picture? So I thought he was at the doctor's office, honestly. I'm like, oh my it, God. <laughs> naturally, it was my mission to make sure that Chris was somewhere in this crowd. Uh, and eventually we did find him. So uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it looked like a very fun time and it is fun. I mean, there, there was a, uh, you know, pictures of Jason Hayward and Dexter Fowler together. Uh, there was a, a funny video of Dexter Fowler and Albert Almora dancing together. And it just, it, it does, it does sort of just take you back to those, those different teams and uh, just seeing those guys interacting and, and really seeing a, a whole group of people uniting around a shirtless, dancing, singing Travis Wood. Uh, it just, it, it brings back certain memories. I think that'll always bring back certain memories for all of us. Uh, but it no did Bryce Harper like, either. Just yeah, I, I, I looked really hard, I folks. Know, so I did, did not I. see Bryce Harper at this wedding. Uh, that would have been what an incredible <laughs> way to break news. I mean, I, I don't Could know that they'll ever that? top Dexter Fowler walking back into spring training as far as like announcing or revealing a signing. But Bryce Harper being at Anthony Rizzo's wedding on Theo's birthday. <laughs> And like ripping off the tux to reveal a Cubs jersey or something would be kind of all time theatrics. Yeah, that would how, be a- how would Rizzo's bride have felt about that though? Right, it's like her wedding gets upstaged <laughs> by the signing of this guy. Right, right. Just, like floods it. And she's just like left there, and then you know Rizzo's bro hugging Bryce Harper and his his wife is his new wife is sitting there like, crying in her wedding gown. I mean, I like to think that Emily would be pumped. You know, she wants Bryce on the north side and, of and right field. Yeah, so I, I I like to think that she would be uh, pretty pumped about that, but alas, and and I, I did see some people asking. Obviously, I did not receive the guest list as much as I tried. Uh, some people were asking if certain guys were there because, like, as far as I could tell, I didn't see Javi there. Uh, I didn't see Wilson there. Some other guys. I would assume they were all invited. It looked like basically everybody was invited. Um, but I th- sometimes I think Rizzo even said like a year ago, maybe this is just my imagination, but I think he did say he's inviting essentially everyone. So I, I may be wrong there. Yeah. But yeah. And, you know, sometimes like I think in the offseason, Pedro Strope, for example, heads back to the Dominican Republic. I would imagine that he just doesn't come back stateside until it's season time. So I, I can't answer it directly, but I, I I didn't see some of the guys, but I assume that's just because uh, they couldn't make it. It looked like Ben Zobris might have been skiing somewhere with his family. So, you know, sometimes guys have other stuff to do. Mm-hmm. But alas, let's turn back to baseball. We That, that was the uh, TMZ portion of the Cubs-related podcast where we're, we're digging into social media and who's at the wedding, who's wearing what, uh, but we'll we'll leave that uh, in the in the past here. But let's let's look back on this 2018 season for a moment, if we can. I think we've talked a good bit about what went wrong and what happened, you know, etc. So as we hit the end of the year and, and head to a new year. Let's let's maybe just focus on the good for what 2018 was. So I imagine in this conversation, not many of us are going to be talking about those like last four to five days of the 2018 season. Uh, but any, any favorite moments that you guys uh, want to remember, reminisce on, or I guess thinking of it differently, what from 2018 
as we just talked about someone like Travis Wood and the memories it gives us and, you know, you missing him and, and, and the presence he had on this team, anything from 2018 that you think maybe in a few years from now, say at Kyle Schwarber's wedding as he just got engaged, that you'll be thinking back on from the 2018 season, Evan? Gosh, I mean, there were there were a bunch. Um, you know, I think it, 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 I sat there and as I was kind of, thinking over my list i was like did did hap lead off the season with the home run was that actually this year or was that (laughs) like five years ago right so (laughs) uh but that that was you know i just remember that and and um you know you you look at kind of leading into that and he seemed like this totally unorthodox leadoff hitter but then he was just killing it all the way through the the spring training season and then he comes in in the first pitch of the season goes yard and then just completely fell apart uh, but, it, but that, that one moment, you know, I just remember being like, wow, this is great. Like <laughs> the season, is, you know, this never happens. This is going to be awesome. World series um, chance right there. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, you know, it, it, it didn't, um, I was trying to think of, uh, a couple of the other, maybe not entirely obvious ones. I mean, obviously there's a couple, I think that we could, uh, we could all look at the, the 14, 10, win over the Braves in yep, April in that yep, in that yep. just crazy rain soaked game. Um June second, I think, was when they that was my birthday. They came back against the Mets um and and had just a, a wild, you know, wild finish to that one. Um July first, which I'm sure Corey has uh at the top of his list when Johnny Lesta <laughs> went yard uh was was just awesome. And, uh, you know, one of them, so one of them that I do not have, and I'm avoiding a couple other obvious ones, but on June 6th, I did not see live the Jason Hayward Grand Slam mm-hmm. because I was overseas and on a six-hour time difference. And so when it happened, it was like four in the morning. And so the first thing I saw when I woke up and I checked Twitter and, and these, it was like this wild, I was like, what the hell happened? <laughs> and so I look back and I'm like, holy crap. Hayward hit a grand slam, you know, I was like, yeah. I was in Rome. And so I didn't find out about it until, you know, once I woke up. And so it was really weird. I had two, two times I was in Europe this summer or spring and, and trying to follow from afar, you know, it was really kind of a strange experience. And so there were like a couple times where I missed some of these moments, but those, those were a few of mine. I think I left out some obvious ones. Uh, but you know, in case everybody like, did the same thing and all kind of avoided some of those. We can circle back on them or I can, but uh, you know, those were the ones that I came up with right off the top of my head. I think I remember when you were on that trip, I don't remember if it was Brendan or I who just sent a message to our Cubs insider chat that just said, Hey Evan, you're probably sleeping. Uh, but Jason Hayward <laughs> just hit a walk off grand slam. That, was me. that yeah. <laughs> really did happen. Uh, if you're reading that elsewhere, this is a real message. And yeah, so when you wake up, that is something that really occurred in, in real life. I still, I still can't believe that too. It was off a hard throwing left. I can't remember who it yeah. was, right? But what are the odds of that? That, that? that was wild. That's, that's up there for me. But in terms of walk-off grand slams, guys, you know where I'm going with this. But how how can you not? How can I not pick David Bodie's grand slam? I'm at the game. I mean, I'm basically I'm on the like the the grandstand levels at this point, standing. And like personally, like I was, you know, I was at my grandfather's funeral the previous day, so we were there for him, and that that was incredible. That that was the most exciting 
regular season game I've ever been at. And even from and like you end up in a picture of the walk. I'm in the picture, guys. Like I, there's a few like the the official Cubs photo that they always retweet out. I'm dead center. I'm like jumping up and down, going nuts. So you're you're in the one where Bodie's like kind of jumping to he's, home plate, right? Yep, like kind of yep. ripping his jersey he's toss, off. He's tossing yeah. his helmet. I'm right there. So that was like insane, absolutely insane. Other than those two, I think. Probably one of the funniest ones that I'll remember was Rizzo wearing his jersey back from Washington. <laughs> I think that was, what, late August or early September after that uh, makeup September, game? Yeah. That was hilarious. And, yeah, I think those those three are probably the most memorable. I know, like, this, the entire September was tainted by that last loss. But you know what? The Cubs, even during that tough stretch, they went, I think, 16-12 in September. So, you know, overall, they, they played well. Uh, but those, yeah, those are my three. I got Hayward, I got Bodie, I got Rizzo. Even just hearing these, it, it was quite a quite a strange season. I know we, we always say that. And like when we end up talking about last season, it, it I think it always comes out how, what a weird ride that was. But even, even talking about this, because like I remember just how different the mindset was as you guys are bringing up some of these these different moments and and just how different my own mindset was say when Hayward hit that grand slam versus some of these games in September where you know you've gone from oh okay the cubs will win the division they'll figure it out you know they're winning all these games whatever and you know then by September we're all pulling our hair out like trying to you know figure out how many games the cubs can win versus how many the brewers <laughs> have to lose to not blow this division just a very uh kind of strange how different all of that feels even looking back at it cuz like Evan brought up that that crazy game against the Braves. I mean, that feels like a completely different season, doesn't it? Yeah, it like does. when we think about how 2018 ended and just all the the hand wringing over the offense and just the ab- abysmal performance of the offense in those last 4 to 5 days of the season, th- that just feels like a totally different season that 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 uh come from behind win with Baez driving that one to the left center gap to to bring in the three runs to tie the game just doesn't feel like the same group that by the end we're watching you know Terrence Gore <laughs> strike out stop stop in, stop in, in you were from the game. most sorry, highest sorry. of the highest moments to Terrence Gore Corey come on you can't you cannot be doing that you know memorializing you, you, this you, team there's a you have a uh, there's a lot of trigger warnings for Brendan it's it's can't really impossible that. to yeah um but I think you guys covered some really good ones. I mean, I think Javi's performance on the 4th of July, I just know that was one where he, you know, ends up stealing home and doing one of his classic Javi Baez slides against the Tigers, you know, while wearing that that special Stars and Stripes uniform. Uh, so that's one that I always think of. And I think, I mean, the Bodie one, the Bodie Grand Slam walk-off against the Nationals on Sunday Night Baseball is... Tough Wild. to beat. Yeah. Uh, that that was just such an insane sequence of events. Uh, it was Sunday night baseball. And, you know, at the time, you know, the Cubs needed that game. And it, you know, just for two guys to get hit, to load the bases, and then Bodie to do it, it was uh, really quite the scene and just really something crazy to watch live, especially because I think as soon as, I think Wilson is the one that gets hit last yep. to load the bases. Wilson or Almora, they both get hit. 
you know, when Bodie's coming up, you're thinking like he could hit a walk off grand slam. Like as crazy as that sounds, like all this guy's been doing is getting clutch hits and hitting bombs. So this seems totally possible. And then, you know, you're like, no way. Uh, But with Bodie, another one that comes up is that game against uh, Arizona on July 26th, I think it was, uh, where he ties the game with a two-run home run, and then Rizzo walks it hits off. Yeah. a walk-off. Uh, that that one sticks out to me a lot just because there's just something I I find cool about having attended an Anthony Rizzo walk-off. Uh, I that that was just a fun moment. Um, Didn't it was Bodie kind of one hit of those, another walk off like a week after that? Or am I just remembering things did wrongly? Against the Reds, maybe. Yeah, he was wearing that uh, that that player jersey, right? The light blue one. I feel like yeah. whatever it was, whatever it was. I'm thinking it comes uh, a decent amount of walk offs. Just looking at the uh, Baseball Reference yeah. schedule and results page, but uh, yeah, I. Th- think that is what we're all thinking of. Yeah, I think it was uh, August 24th against the Reds. That sounds about right. A 3-2 victory on a Friday. Yep. Yeah, and I I was going to say John Lester's home run. That was definitely going to be in there. Um, I I think otherwise you guys touched on a a good bit of them. A a weird one that that, uh, comes to mind was that Cole Hamels game where what did he get, like, seven double plays or something weird like that? I mean, Cole Hamels, for a stretch there, was just dominant, too. I think he had a complete game, if if not that night, like a week after that. I, I forgot I forgot what that was, though. But I was, yeah, that was wild. Well, and he also, so on July 26th, right, that was the uh, the, the Bozo back-to-back homers to walk it off, yeah. Bodie and, and Rizzo. Bozo, and then like that, that that evening is when the Cubs traded for Cole Hamels. Ah. Uh, if, if or, or at least I don't know if they finalized it, but that's when all the reports were were coming. Right. And I think it was either late that night or maybe the next day uh, that they finalized that because it was it was right there uh, just ahead of the deadline. And then um, or uh, you know somewhere around there, so it was like late late July, right? Or so it was, yeah. I, I think unless I'm making stuff up, which I which I could be because like I said, I couldn't even remember if Hap had actually homered at the beginning <laughs> of this season or not. Um, but then the home run when Bodie walked it off there a month later, the night before Hamels had thrown, I don't know, was that the complete game or he went like eight innings against the Reds and won like seven to one. Like I said, I feel like that, that entire stretch is just one big blur. Cause he was so good for, I think six or seven straight stars. He, he had the complete game. He had the seven, eight double plays, whatever it was. So yeah, they were like all blended together. I feel like when he had, I mean, yeah, it was just this, this phenomenal, you know, it went from like, Hey, totally get it. You know, depth move, cool. They'll, you know, they won't pick up his option. They'll get six million bucks for the pay for the buyout. Right. And, and you know, he gives them a starter that, to like four starts into it. You're like, they're going to pick up his option next year. Like they they can't not. Like this is this is fantastic. And and you know they they did, which then leads to all kinds of other fun questions about well, was that the smartest thing to do, knowing what we know now about what they're talking about the budget? So it's just weird, like. Cole Hamels, who's a guy who, you know, who, again, no hit the Cubs in his last Philly start. And then and that was what I found interesting is something I wrote about. And I think I don't remember if I tweeted this out in kind of the string of my favorite posts. But, you know, his fastball velocity in his first start with the Cubs 
was the highest it had been in a game since he no hit them at Wrigley a couple years prior. And, and when you think about that, uh, the, you know, Hamels is this weird sort of figure because that game in 2015, you know, first of all, it broke the Cubs no hit streak or non no hit streak, whatever you want to call it, you know, 10,000 some games, the longest ever. And then pretty much at that point, I think we had all kind of written that season off and said, you know what? Cool. This team is overachieved to this point. They're probably just going to mail it in, play some 500 ball the rest of the season, then come back next year and, and really get after it because they had just been swept by the Phillies who were terrible. Um, uh, and, and it was like, okay, no big deal. They got no hit. Like I said, they lost. The, I think that was a Saturday. They lost the next day, which was a Sunday. And okay, cool. And lo and behold, they went on to just catch fire from that point, you know, win 97 games, third best record in baseball and and overachieve and you know win the wild card game and do all that and then the world series the next year and then you have Cole Hamels kind of coming back to Chicago full circle and sort of keying their their sort of run sort of uh this time around so I Hamels is such an interesting figure kind of all the way around for these last few years for the Cubs it's it's kind of cool when you think about it so Evan since we're on the topic of Cole Hamels a little bit just to squeeze in a little off-season talk to this 2018 reminiscing where where were you? I don't think we've had you on since it happened. Where where were you on uh, the Cubs picking up that option for 2019? I think I wrote about this, I want to say, in September yet. Like, this is a no-brainer. You pick it up. Um, and it's it's sort of interesting. We've got a piece out now um, about, you know, hey, is that is that kind of hindering some other things? Although I do... I think even though the Cubs made that move to trade Smiley before they got Hamels, which was indicative of, of perhaps them being a little bit tighter than we thought, you know, the, they really we really didn't start getting the legit budget concerns until kind of later on. You know, our, our the understanding at least is that they didn't they don't set the budget until you know late October into into November or whenever it was. Um, it, you know, I'm I, I was in favor because at the time I figured when I first started thinking about it, so again, it's a no brainer. You pick this guy up, man, he was awesome. He's not going to perform like he did down the stretch for the Cubs, but you get a lefty veteran starter, you know, he provides that leadership. He takes a bump every five days. And, uh, and that's a great guy to have on the team. But now I'm looking at it going, well, geez, if, if you could have had, you know, if Drew Smiley does anything, if you, if you'd kept him instead, you don't pick up the option, you keep the 6 million bucks, you know, does that, I don't think that in and of itself stands in the way of, of having money for Bryce Harper because it is just the one season, but it does, it feels weird in the grand scheme of what the team is saying they have the capacity to do. Um, of course, we've all heard all the various reports and, you know, I think we were at Cubs insider among the first outlets. If not, I think we were the first outlet, although at the time I couldn't say what information I actually had, it was presented as, you know, I kind of think they might, but that was based on some information that then later came to light at, in other sources as well, uh, that they were going to be tight, you know, and when that first started, people were like, you're crazy. You know, I said, well, call me crazy, but and it was like, oh, you're crazy. They're going to spend, there's no way, you know, and then sure enough, over the next Four few days, reports came out right after right. that. Same, like same everybody's same. saying, like, oh, they're, they're <laughs> going to be tight here. You know, yeah. and, and they've come out since and publicly verified that, although to what extent that's, you know, completely true, we, we don't really know. But, you know, so I'm still I'm still in favor of having Cole Hamels on the roster. Right. It just 
I, 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 I'm just repeating myself and saying it just doesn't. There's a couple pieces here that that of the puzzle that haven't quite fallen into place. And, and once they do, I think things will make more sense. Yeah. So Corey and I actually talked about how Cole Hamels and Bryce Harper relate to one another financially for the Cubs on last, uh, last week's episode. And I, I know you've written a lot about this recently. I know you have that recent post about Cole Hamels and Bryce Harper, but do you think that 20 million option, which basically took the Cubs from, around $200 million to 220 for the luxury tax. Do you think that actually has an effect on their ability to give Bryce Harper? I, you know, I I, I, pers- I don't think it does. Um, I, you know, I, I think there are other, like I said, when you look at the money this year, and, and granted, you know, again, that does push them uh, once we talk about all the incentives and the minor league pay and all that stuff, you know, they're certainly going to be, Probably, I mean, they're going to be at least right up against that first level of of extra bonus or extra luxury tax. Uh, let alone the fact that they've still got to add some players here uh, this winter, even if it's not Bryce Harper, right? I mean, they they, they want to go yeah. get a backup catcher. They want to get some bullpen guys. Like they're they're not done. Um, and, and so you know, kind of thinking of it that way. But the Hamels thing though is such a short deal. It's just one more year that I'm sitting there thinking, well. You know, Harper's not signing a one-year deal. He's signing multi-years. And so I think the things that are that stand more in the way would be Jason Hayward or Hugh Darvish. And, and this isn't, you know, the revisionist history of, oh, they shouldn't have signed those guys because a lot of people come out and say, oh, I knew it was bad at the time. No, yeah. I mean, Corey and I said that. Like, we, we, like I personally loved both the Hayward and Darvish deal at the time. I think most the consensus was around Twitter and everyone that they did like that. Yeah, and I think I think everybody who's and there's there's various schools, right? There are people who didn't like those deals at the time, and I'm not I'm not, you know, I'm not saying there weren't people, uh, but I, but I think, you know, those that that didn't didn't like it just because it's a lot of money. But like Hayward was the consensus top free agent position player of that offseason. I mean, everybody wanted this guy, right? He was being pursued yeah. by other teams. Twenty six years give him old. More money. Um, it, yeah, I mean, it was a, he's. He was bright, you know, different offensive profile certainly, but he he's that Bryce Harper, Manny Machado kind of guys don't hit the market that young, and, and so you know it, it made sense for what the Cubs needed. But anyway, um, more so than than the actual money, I think is the is the length of the contract and the the term for which he's committed or they're committed to him. Um, so you know the Hamels thing would be one thing, but you know again, I mean the Cubs the Cubs have gone over the luxury tax limit before. And they intentionally kind of got under to reset that. And I think, you know, if you look at going over for one year, um, unless there are, and, and, you know, I've heard reasons for why they might want to save some money here and there. But, you know, realistically, what is it, if you go over for one year and it costs you an extra 15 to $20 million, right? right? And e- even if you, you hit up all those, like, and, and it's, let's be honest, it's not just Bryce Harper that costs that. Like, we could look at that, I- again, if they got him. But they're already over as it is, and so there's already a bunch of stuff. So, you know, yeah, his his money will cost you a couple million dollars extra, but if you could put three quarters of a billion dollars into the surrounding infrastructure of the ballpark itself in Wrigleyville, you know what's? I mean, gosh, a new restaurant is costing more to put in to build in there. You know, they put more money into Gallagher Way uh, than than they did, you know. Than what they would have to pay in the extra luxury tax and and the jersey sales 
and other memorabilia alone on a guy like Harper uh, makes up for it more. So this is a really long answer to all that, but I just it's it would be crazy to me if Hamill's option really was an impediment to signing anybody, let alone Harper. Yeah, and I think just to add on that too, before we move on, I think we can kind of rewind too to some of the deals Theo made in the last offseason at the trade deadline. For example, trading for for uh, Kinsler, like you probably knew he would exercise his $5 million option, right? So if you're Theo in the front office trading for someone like that and thinking, hey, if we get Kinsler, that's going to slow down our pursuit of Harper, you don't make that deal. So yeah, I think I think a lot of attention is put on the 2019 payroll, but it goes beyond that too, like you were saying, Evan, 2020, 2021. And if they can move a contract like Hayward, they can eat that 2019 luxury tax penalty. Yeah, and I think that's really what that comes out. But and think about how much starts falling off the books, right? Ben Zobris falls off. You know, Johnny Lester's not going to be around forever, so that starts. Ooh, don't be saying that to well, us. Well, yeah, hold on, <laughs> hold on. Let's think about that. No, I'm not saying you move, but I mean his money will eventually fall. Yeah, he's got his two more years. For will run out, right? So yeah, I'd, I'd I'd give him I'd give him a Bobby Bonilla deal right now. Wow, Bobby. I'll Bonilla. pay him till he's sixty. Oh my well, and God. that's so that's the thing to me, and that's what I've I put out there. <laughs> That's when I look at, uh, if we go back to like a, a Harper, right, who's represented by Scott Boris, who has deals with both Steven Strasburg and Max Scherzer in Washington that have hundreds of millions of dollars in deferment. I, I mean, I, I want to say Scherzer's got like $105 million of his deferred, like almost half of it. So so what's, what's, the, what's the advantage of that? I, we hear deferments a lot. I think even Lester has some. We know Hayward has deferments in the mid-2020s. But like what do you – like what does it actually do? So, I mean, if you think about it in terms of – so and where a lot of people – and here's where it gets funky with – like it doesn't help the Cubs at all in terms of their luxury tax number, right? So they've got the average annual value remains the same because it's over the length of the of the guaranteed portion of the contract. And so they're still going to have luxury tax. But when you think about it, if you can defer 10 to $15 million per season, you're, you're automatically – so you're lowering your actual payroll because what, what the Cubs have toward the, the luxury tax is not what, you know, Tom Ricketts is writing checks for, Um for all intents and purposes, right? So if if Harper's making thirty five million a year, but they're actually only paying him twenty, that fifteen million is deferred. So let's look at it right there. Well, what did we say earlier? Maybe about fifteen to twenty million in, in luxury tax. So now you've sort of offset what you owe in in terms of actually paying players out by ten, fifteen million, whatever it is per season. Maybe spread that on the back end. And so if we have something in the rickets, if we're talking about because they don't care about that the average annual value when it comes to how liquid they are because if they really do have a financial pinch whether that's because the TV deal isn't as lucrative as they thought whether it's because the lack of playoff revenue from those games kind of hurt their investments in Wrigleyville whether it's because as some have maybe made mention uh Todd Ricketts is considering a gubernatorial run in Illinois in 4 years and they're trying to save up, you know, people are like, oh, that's a long way. Yeah. If you're going to run for governor, you don't just decide six months before. Like you figure it out like, oh, people don't like J.B. Pritzker as a Democrat and I could run as a Republican and maybe beat him. But you got to save up and plan for that. So there, there could be many, many things. 
But deferring that gives them a few extra million dollars of liquidity in the, the next few years. They can put that off down the road. You're talking a new CBA. You're talking all kinds of new stuff. And it maybe allows them to be a little bit more creative and, and bring them in there. And so we know that the Ricketts perhaps don't want to spend as much on payroll. I don't think it's as much about the luxury tax. I don't think that's what they're worried about when you talk about AAV and, and all that. I think it talks about the liquidity that they have right now. And I, I think, you know, there's some other things maybe in play there. But deferring that stuff allows them to perhaps bring somebody on board for more money on average than what they actually are going to need to pay to offset some of those things. And again, we have an agent who we know is comfortable working that stuff out with some of his major clients and has done so multiple times. So uh, when you think about that, maybe some opt-outs thrown in there, it could be a way for everybody to kind of come away happy. Yeah. So I, I think that's that's what we were hoping for from Evan, I think. Uh, a little more, more detail and nuance on what exactly is going on in this offseason and what we might see. Um, and it'll be interesting because now once we're past – New Year's, you know, there's no more of these kind of calendar hurdles, so to speak, for this free agent market. I, I know that, you know, we heard, I think, a few weeks ago that Bryce uh, would probably not be signing until this holiday season and New Year was over. Uh, similar stuff out of the Machado camp. So, you know, now that we're going to turn the calendar to January, I think hopefully we're, you know, we're at, at the very least, we're going to get some answers here. And, and whether the Cubs are participating in the Bryce Harper sweepstakes or not, I, I do look forward to figuring out what has been going on here. Uh, because, you know, we've, we've all been talking about it. We've all been reading about it. Uh, and Evan has been writing about it. Uh, but it will be, you know, very interesting to ultimately be able to connect the pieces that, uh, were given. We might, we may not never know the real truth, so to speak, but, uh, it, it will be fascinating to see how this plays out in, in hopefully the coming weeks here. And, you know, we're not, uh, doing this whole let's sign guys in February and March thing again. I hope that's not like a new thing in baseball. Uh, they really need to, I think, figure out how to speed this, this free agent process up. But I, I think that was a good, look back on the 2018 season. I've said this before, but it's a weird season to reminisce on or look back on because it it just goes down the toilet so quickly and and I think suddenly for most of us uh that it's it's interesting to look back at some of these moments and and think about where the team was uh as some of this stuff was happening and you know even just looking I'm looking at like the the baseball reference uh, you know, top war players for the year. And I, I, you know, I, it's just not really Chris Bryant isn't in there. You Darvish isn't in there. Uh, you know, so it's just, you're looking at it and it, it really didn't play out how I think, uh, a lot of us expected, <laughs> but as we tried to point out there, there were still a lot of really fun moments in there. And I don't even, you know, I don't think we really, uh, got to all of them. I'm sure there, there's some that we were missing, but even just thinking about some of those games that we brought up, it did, it was, it was a fun season. There was a lot of fun moments. Uh, and it, it did certainly remind me that at, at various times throughout 2018, I, I had a lot higher hopes for that team, uh, than I did say on, you know, September 30th, uh, or October 1st. But, 
such is life. And, you know, we, we turn the calendar to 2019. So as I kind of mentioned at the beginning, any, give me a Cubs related New Year's resolution, maybe, maybe something about, it could be something you hope that the team does that, that maybe isn't as obvious as anything else, uh, or more, you as a fan, how, how do you maybe want to approach the 2019 season differently, uh, maybe taking something that you learned from the 2018 season? You know, I think I, I, I think coming into it almost with, a, I guess sort of this is dependent upon maybe what they end up doing. And I, and I think from the Cubs perspective, you know, and I get where people say, you know, oh, you're throwing more money. And, and yeah, like I'd, I'm totally cool with them throwing a ton of money at Bryce Harper. And bringing them in there, it's first of all, it's not my money. Although in a way, it sort of is because I do patronize those things, and I am a season ticket holder, and so uh, you know, uh, it is kind of my money. But um, so my resolution for them would be to go out and do that. But I, I do think, kind of coming into it from a different mindset, um, you know, you look at the Brewers. I, I would like to see them regress. That would be my uh, my resolution for them, but. Uh, the cards have have gone out and got gotten significantly better, right? They've added some really big pieces. E- even the Reds, right? Even if they finish in the last, like here's the thing, they may still be the worst team in the division or or among them, but the 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 basement level or the floor level has clearly risen. Um, you know, there there's no longer like a seller in the NL Central. Um, they're all kind of on that main level, and, and it's going to be more difficult to get wins against them. So, you know, I, I think just maybe trying to take a step back and try to enjoy some of the things. Uh, my resolutions maybe for the Cubs training and medical staff would be to Dang, perhaps listen to guys <laughs> a little bit better. Um, yeah. Maybe don't keep throwing them out there with the pitchers like Darvish and Morrow, who if there are any listeners out there who still somehow feel um, unintelligently that those guys are mentally weak for not being able to pitch through things, I would advise you to go back read what I've written about what a stress reaction is. It sounds like nothing. People talk about it like it's a bone bruise or something, but we're talking about something that could lead to a fracture. And these guys were pitching through it and, and like consistently throughout the season when they should have been shut down way earlier. So what I hope is I, I want to see nothing more than for Chris Bryant to come back healthy and, and re- regain the MVP form that he started the season with. I want people to stop trying to act like him getting hit in the head was something that that hurt his season when his numbers after being hit in the face were actually better than before. So with a healthy shoulder, uh, I want to see that. And I want to see you, Darvish, go out there and shove. And and then, yeah. you know, then then shove those words down people's throats. Um, so so maybe I'm, I'm like stepping back because I said my resolution was to be like more calm and, and kind of <laughs> whatever. And now I'm like, I'm all fired up. You like got one more day. You got one more day to be fired up about this. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's my resolution is just to, to absolutely just watch people <laughs> pound sand uh, when these guys come back and do well. But but no, I, I do think it'll be um, it, my resolution will be to kind of be more calm about things, uh, ideally, as as it pertains to the team and objectively kind of kind of watching that uh as an observer so we'll see how that works you know if i brought up the medical staff i guarantee you Corey would have messaged me after this be like what are you doing why are you bringing that up i knew you would do that so i'm not i'm not going to do that uh my overall resolution though from a fan's point of view 
look, I'm not going to say I'm not going to freak out because I'm going to freak out. That's just how it is. So I'm, <laughs> that would be a lie. Yeah. So like if Quintana goes out there and he's throwing curveballs in the dirt the first two starts, guess what? I'm going to freak out. I'm not changing how I am. Uh, but in terms of just as a fan, I think I'm going to spend a little bit more time delving into that minor league system just because there's a lot of interesting guys coming up. Um, we have, of course, Nico Horner playing well, but even guys like Cole Roterer, who was a top draft pick last year, uh, Braylon Marquez, Nelson Velasquez. So there's a lot of interesting guys at the lower levels who are going to be getting chances at double A, even maybe progressing to triple A and knocking on the door for the, for the major league squad by September. So that's my resolution in terms of what I want the Cubs to do. Like I, I want to see like Al, I can never say his name, Alzo Lay, get a shot. I want to see some of these young pitching prospects take that next step because we've seen like look, one of the reasons why Hamill's option was picked up was because of a lack of pitching development in 2018. So yeah, I, I want to see more of those guys take the next step. Once Oscar De La Cruz comes back from his suspension, I want to see him take a next step. I want to see Jose Alberto, who had a disastrous, a disastrous 2018 rebound, take that next step. But ultimately, like, I'm with you, Evan. I've defended you, Darvish, a lot. I think people like Jesse Rogers and a lot of the media guys unfairly pinned him as mentally weak. I want to see him take that next step and just go out there, completely dominate, throw 180 to 200 innings, and show us why Theo went out there. And paid them twenty one million a year, so that's that's what I'm looking forward to the most, I think, from one player point of view. But again, my biggest my biggest area of concern is just seeing that pitching develop. I think those are pretty good. Uh, I I am if I'm allowed to have one that isn't for me, it would be that I I do hope that Brendan gets better at name <laughs> pronunciation in 2019 hold hold on i think here. that you know yes. you you actually mispronounce a lot of names on this podcast wow. as well you do i think we're like 50 You're, 50 that's here. your thing though yeah i've been pretty good like i pronounced tommy hadavi extremely well first time that's true so you i think i don't think you did um well and by, look, by the way anthony, it's my right you can't choose my resolution for you that's just what it on, is i'm not done so. yet like i pronounced uh, anthony iaposi extremely well so that's another tough one. So you, I've gotten better as 2018 evolved, I think. Yeah, and, and 2019, you'll continue to improve. It, it's, it's all about improvement. <laughs> this stuff is, as Theo always says, Brendan, this stuff is not linear, all right? Uh, but I, I, don't, I don't think it's necessarily contrary to what you guys said, because I'm very much in the uh, support you, Darvish. I hope he comes back and, and kills it uh, squad. I'm in that group. However, my resolution for 2019, and I don't think I've been guilty of this yet really in, in 2018 because it's technically all the off season is when this counts. I am not going to get caught up in the off season work redemption angle like I have in the past few. I'm looking at you, Jason Hayward. Uh, I am not going to obsess over Jason Hayward's spring training swing and his his videos and his January workouts. Same with you, Darvish. I I don't believe very that. much want I don't them to that. show up. 
and play and play well, and I will be right there cheering alongside it. But I, I can't handle it for for another offseason. So you're I don't really me, believe hold it. On, hold on, I really don't believe it either, Brendan. But <laughs> but that's the point. I think of a resolution. It's supposed to be kind of hard, but I just can't handle another. Oh wow, Hayward! You know, lowered his hands by three centimeters. Do you think he's going to be, uh, you know, better than league average hitter this year? I can't do it again. So you're, I really you're can't. you're telling me if we get a video of Hayward in the middle of January, end of January, and Mesa hitting, you're not going to post that. I'll post it because it's my job as part of the site, but I'm not going to obsess over it. I mean, come on! If, if Hayward looks different, though, I think like. There's a difference between obsessing. See, this is the kind, this is this exact conversation is what I'm trying to avoid. <laughs> well, You're got, already I, in the I got one more. I got one well, more. Well, but to talk Corey, about if this. he looks, if he looks a little bit better, he could put up a WRC plus of at least one ten, and then he's at least what a four that. to five win play. I don't do that. No, I can, I've never done I, that. I, 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 well, regardless, I, I'm taking it easy in in this off season and, and spring training. Let's just see what shows up on opening day. I, I, I just don't want to get caught up in uh those hypotheticals for, for a couple of these guys again. But that that that's the one I could come up with. Uh and just something I'm looking forward to in twenty nineteen, uh as we enter the fifth year of John Lester's contract. I look forward to him being worth that contract yet again. We're gonna go five for five in twenty nineteen. Uh, in terms of years on the contract where John is uh, outperforming the salary total and making, uh, you know, a, a, a certain group of journalists in this in, in the fair city of Chicago, I think, eat their words from when he signed and talking about uh, the value and all, and all that other stuff. He's been well worth it for the first four. I am ready for number five. If he hits two homers, will you get that tattoo? Is that still on for 2019? You know, I'll, I'll reach out to at Cubs at some point and, and see if maybe we need to put another one together. I don't think you can just redo the same thing. you got to change it up a um, little bit. Yeah, but, I, well, and, I mean, I don't know, Brennan. I, I think he didn't end up doing it, but the, the two home runs thing, it's scary. He's got that pop, you know. He's it's got like a beautiful two home runs swing. is really not a lot for him. He, You get him, especially at Wrigley Field, wind blowing out. I mean, he can definitely pop two home runs. Yeah, I think so. I, I think you have to think of something, though. I mean, he he was close last year. I thought after he had that July homer, I'm like, oh my god, Corey's for sure yeah. in trouble here. <laughs> <laughs> maybe change up, maybe change up the type of tattoo you would get, perhaps. But you got it. You got to keep something going there. I'm into that. I, I I can I can look into that, and I'm always uh, I'm always happy to be tied to John Lester's performance in some way, shape, or form. Um, I, I guess it's necessary for that to somehow directly impact my life, right? Yeah. Uh, so I guess I, I suppose that makes sense. But before we, uh, you know, wrap up, Evan, any any final thoughts on the 2018 Chicago Cubs or or anything uh, that you are really thinking about, right? You know, on December thirtieth, as we record this, as it relates to either last season or this off season. Uh, well, the first thing, and I, and I didn't, I didn't want to, you know, jump in on you, but I'm in regards to like obsessing over Jason Hayward working on a swing. I'm not sure why you guys would be worried at all about a San Francisco Giants player, <laughs> but um, it's uh, uh, nice. <laughs> yeah, so this is this is how we go. Um, you were but no, I. Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, as we as we look forward 
to the year, I, I do think, like, regardless of what they do, um, you know, whether Harper's playing on the north side of Chicago or the south side or L.A. or New York, whatever, right? Like, there are so many things that that I think, you know, we talk about Chris Bryant and Hugh Darvish so much, but, you know, Wilson Contreras didn't do anything like what we thought he could. Kyle Schwarber's back injury and some other adjustments that he maybe failed to make or that were made against him, you know, that that kind of hampered him. Uh, Albert Almora didn't do what we thought. Ian Happ, we talked about that where, you know, he made some nice second-half adjustments, but he didn't get off to to any kind of a start that, that we really thought, and he, that really hampered his overall performance. There are so many guys on that team that, that could have done better. And, and I know that development is not linear for any of these guys, but, you know, you don't expect multiple people to kind of regress or to fail to develop in any meaningful way in the way that a lot of these guys did, you know, in, in addition to the injuries that we saw. And so what I'm looking for is even moderate improvement or a return to what they could have been or should have been for like three or four guys who, who aren't the top build stars could really make a, a significant difference. Anthony Rizzo just not being terrible for the first half of the season. So you think about a lot of these guys just having, you know, a more even keel season all the way across could result in some significant improvement over what was already a 95 win team. Like that's, I, I kind of look at all this. So I, that's what I want to look for is, is to see what happens with guys like Contreras and Almora and Hap. Even if it's not like this monstrous jump over last year, just greater consistency across the board. Um, and that's what I think we all need. And that's what we should expect among other things. You know, it's hard to expect anything in baseball because it's a crazy sport, but, we should expect these guys to be more consistent, to be better than what they were. And uh, and that's what I'm looking forward to is seeing how they're able to do that. Are they able to get better against, be it righties or lefties, uh, you know, and just more, again, more consistency throughout the lineup so we don't see those, those zero and one run games as often as we did. Yeah, I think that's a great point, too. And I, I used the Javi example in 2018 in terms of that non-linear development uh, trajectory. And baseball's got a baseball. Like, this is a stupid game at times. And I don't think any of us truly, like, 100% expected Javi to be an MVP candidate, but he was. And I, to a degree, I think the Cubs have a lot of room for improvement. And that's reason to be excited because we know, like, look, Wilson Contreras was on pace for 30 homers in 2017, and then he hurt his hamstring, right? We know these guys have the potential. And even Schwarber, you look at his uh, DRC+, plus, he was pretty, pretty damn good last year, and the shift kind of screwed him. So that that's that's a great point. I think there's a lot of potential for the Cubs to have the next Javi Baez development in 2019. And for that, I think, yeah, you should be excited about it. I think those are all uh, wonderful points. I think for me, I am, you know, as we close the chapter on, on 2018, I think I've, you know, we've talked a, a good bit about what you guys were just saying, and I, I think I've echoed those sentiments. But just looking back at, at 2018 and, and headed to 2019, I'm I, I'm appreciative. I really am, and not in a New Year's resolution sense. Like I really, I, I really appreciate that we're we are in yet another year of just the Cubs being good. And I and I know it's easy to get caught up in. I certainly do. Uh, 
you know, the the competition in the NL Central, the Dodgers potentially putting together, you know, a, a super team if they if they can. But the the Cubs are good. The Cubs are winning 90 plus games a year. They're making the playoffs every year. They've won the division a few times. We, they've won a World Series in the last 4 years. I think that was the first mention, Brendan. I think technically they, they did we win the World the 2016 Series, correct, team, yes. but I don't think we we deliberately uh, you know, poked poked that there. But I I just enjoy that we're able to have these conversations about the moves and and the strategy and every little bit about it uh, because you know I think especially for Brendan and I who are a little younger than Evan although it's probably about the same it's kind uh, of a shot right our, there not really I was just going to say that you know our lives have not really been filled with many good periods of Cub baseball like this uh, for any extended period of time so. For me, I just, I'm glad to be doing it again. And, you know, I think back to uh, the end of this 2018 season and really not being able to believe. I mean, I remember being at that wildcard game thinking, I cannot believe that this team cannot score (laughs) another run. I can't believe that this is how this is all playing out. Uh, And, you know, that certainly wasn't any fun. But as we were reminiscing on some of these moments and games and some of these days that ended up just being really fun. It, there was a lot of good in the 2018 season, uh, despite it, it being a bit of a roller coaster ride. So I'm uh, trying to be appreciative of, of just the fact that, you know, we're headed into another year where the Cubs are maybe not as big of a favorite in the NL Central or a favorite at all, depending on who you ask. Uh, but they're in it. They're, they're, they, they sh- by no stretch of the imagination uh, should they be out of competition in this division. I think you're crazy if you're thinking that or even hinting at that right now. So that's enjoyable to me. And I, and I think looking back on 2018, they, they, they didn't win anything. Uh, they didn't win a playoff game. It was kind of a disaster the way that that season ended. But they, you know, technically made the playoffs. We got some really cool walk-off moments uh, from guys we expect and guys we didn't expect, you know, new sort of cult heroes like David Bodie. So I, I think all in all, it was a, a fun year, albeit not as successful as we would have hoped. But I think that, uh, again, as Cubs fans who have certainly lived through periods of just awful, awful baseball, year in and year out, wasted opportunities, wasted rosters, etc. Uh, this has been this has been fun. This has been a good time to be a Chicago Cubs fan, and I hope that 2019 continues that stretch. But I, I think uh, we are about, I want to say, 10 minutes or so from kickoff in the Bears game. And uh, by, given that we are all related to the Chicago area in one way or another. Uh, That is the marquee event on this Sunday. So I think that's all we have for you. Uh, As always, we will jump back on as soon as something happens. We're going to stick to the Monday morning schedule from here on out. Uh, But as we get closer to spring training, obviously, and as now hopefully the free agent and trade market is is sort of open uh, in earnest here as we pass through the new year, 
we'll jump on if if there's more to talk about and if something significant happens, which hopefully it does. And hopefully, uh, you know, we have a reason in the next few days here to jump on and break down where Bryce Harper fits into the Cubs lineup and what all that budget talk was about if uh, they just gave out a huge contract. So hopefully that's what we're doing. Uh, but otherwise, just stick with us. You can follow Evan's work uh, at, of course, CubsInsider.com, where he is the editor-in-chief, cranking out multiple pieces of hot, fresh, wonderful content every single day. He does excellent, excellent work, so follow him there. You can follow him on Twitter, at DEvanAltman. The Cubs Insider handle is at Real Cubs Insider. Brendan, of course, is at Cubs Related. I am at CF Cubs Related. As always, we appreciate the iTunes reviews and feedback. You can listen to the podcast in the Apple Podcasts app, iTunes, Stitcher. All the episodes are on Spotify, Spreaker, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R, which is the new version of Blog Talk Radio. And if we are not on a podcast listening medium that you prefer, just let one of us know at one of the many handles and websites I just laid out for you. Uh, but otherwise, we thank you very much for listening in the year 2018. As always, it's a pleasure for Brendan and I to bring this podcast to you and have people listen to it. Uh, so we thank you guys for another year of listening to us talk about the Chicago Cubs. We we appreciate uh, the interaction on Twitter, the feedback on the iTunes comments, and, and just uh, your general presence here uh, as you guys have helped make this podcast into something more than nothing, which is, I think, uh, all that Brendan and I ever really expected was just sort of to be talking to each other. So it's cool to be talking to uh, so many of you and, and hearing that you enjoy it and, and you guys kind of... Uh, engaging in that give and take with us. So we thank you for that, and we will uh, do our best to bring you the best podcast we can in 2019. We hope you guys have a good New Year's celebration with your family or friends or however you are choosing to do it. Uh, Again, we thank you guys for listening, and whether they are playing or not, as always, go Cubs. Keep your whole home running like clockwork from the office to the game room with Xfinity Internet. You'll get the best in-home Wi-Fi experience with reliable speed and coverage. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today to learn more. Restrictions apply. As a small business owner, you're redefining business as usual. From rethinking the way you work to reassessing your bandwidth, you're changing the way you do business. And at Cox Business, so are we. With flexible internet packages to get you back to business. Rethink. Reconnect. Reimagine. Get 50 megs of internet for only $50 per month for six months. No annual contract required. And it's 93020. Restrictions apply. Visit coxbusiness.com for details. All services subject to Cox Business general terms. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.